Well, bless the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. I thank you for your faithful listening and for your faithful support. You are wonderful. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to start a whole new series, and this series is entitled Man Up. It's time for us to get going and do the things that Jesus has called us to do. We got to get off of that dusty rusty, so to speak, and get on with the business of winning souls for Jesus Christ. But first, we must make a decision. And that's today's subtitle, Make a Decision. And we're going to talk a whole lot about that, so I pray that you're able to stick around. Now, don't forget to hear the entire series. Just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can find this series and so much more right there on the website. And don't forget to install the Kingdom Rock app. It's available in the Android market and also on the Apple platform. Install it today. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, Make a Decision, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right, you guys ready to get into the Word of God? All right. Well, uh, today we're going to start another series, I believe. I believe. Um, and this series is entitled, Man Up. Turn to your, ta- turn to your um, neighbor. If they're a woman, say woman up. If they're a man, say man up. Go ahead. it's time it's time it's time it's time it's time it's time and today we're going to speak from the subtitle of make up your mind it's time to make up your mind amen god can do so much with a well made up mind are you guys ready today to go with me into the word of god we take a little break for a minute Amen. Everybody's good? All right. I just want to make sure you get, that you guys are ready before we turn on this fountain that we just heard about a moment ago. I want to make sure that everybody's ready. Y'all good? All right. It's time to make up your mind. You're going to have to bust a move in 2017. Time to bust a move. I'm not talking about breakdancing, Gene, so don't do that. It's time to bust a move trying to get up and trying to get some things done. So let's go ahead and pray first. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time that you've given us to gather around your rich word. Father, I do pray that you would speak to us today expressly by your spirit. Father, I pray that you would just minister to your people people in such a way that all who hear will understand. Lord, I pray that you would minister to us congregationally and minister to us individually. Lord, I pray that you would speak. Lord, I pray that you would use me as an oracle to declare your words. And Lord, I pray that your words would be so clear that everyone from the oldest to the youngest will be able to hear and hear your word and also understand it and also to be able to apply it. We give you praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Here again, the series entitled Man Up. And uh, today's subtitle is Make Up Your Mind. It's time to bust a move, Patricia. It's time to bust a move. Turn to your name and tell him it's time to bust a move. Got to bust it. What a strange word, Jill. Bust. I don't know. Anyway, uh, what I want to say, first of all, as we start this is, 
ask some questions. We'll be asking a lot of questions today. One thing is, how long will you be frustrated? How long will you be frustrated? How long will you allow disappointment to rule your life? How long will you be uh, dissatisfied? How long will you be unfulfilled or live an unfulfilled life? How long will you be broke, busted, and disgusted? How long? How long are we going to wait on someone else to do something that we should have done ourselves? How long? How long? Turn to your name and tell me, you got to bust a move. You got to bust a move. You got to make up your mind. You got to make up your mind. The only thing we'll see today, the only thing that, that hinders us from moving forward is because we haven't made up our minds. Haven't made up our mind to move forward. Haven't made up our mind. Still a little bit wishy-washy, back and forth, vacillating from one to the other. Haven't made up our minds. When you make up your mind and you say, my mind is made up, I'm going to do this, then things get done. And that's the only time things get done. When you make up your mind. So today we are praying for the anointing, for the grace to make up our minds. Amen? Amen. Now, the scriptures will be on the screen today as normal. Um, Yes, it is convenient, but what it does, it gives you an opportunity to make copious notes, make some good notes, uh, so that you don't have to be concerned so much with flipping to find here and there. But they're there for, for you to read and also to make notes, make reference, so that you can also to pay attention and uh, so that you can really take in. Amen? Amen? All right, then when it's available, of course, get these CDs and so forth and so on. All right, uh, our scripture, first scripture is in 2 Kings, the 7th chapter, 2 Kings 7. 2 Kings 7. And uh, we'll be looking at verses 3, 4, and 5. This is where we're going to start our journey today as we talk about uh, make up your mind. Make up your mind. Remember, the only thing, or one of the only things that um, hold us back in life is because we have not made up our mind. Haven't made up our mind. Let's look at 2 Kings 7, uh, verses 3, 4, and 5. This is how it reads out of the King James Version. And it says, And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate, and they said one to another, What? Why sit we here until we die? Now, the setting here is that the people of God were surrounded by the Syrian army. And because the armies of the devil, because the devil couldn't get in, he decided to stay on the outside of the city and besiege it. In other words, he was uh, blocking all the roads, blocking all the supply lines uh, of food and resources coming into the city. He said, if I can't get in, I'm going to block the stuff from coming to you. I'm going to cut off your money. I'm going to cut off your resources. I'm going to cause your friends to abandon you. You're going to be all alone. If I can't attack you, if God won't let me get you, then I'm going to get the ones that are supplying you. And see, what happens here is the people of God were there in a famine. Uh, and uh, they had, some had resulted to, result, resulted to uh, cannibalism eating each other. Mothers eating their children. 
it was bad. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gates, at the gates of the city. And this was their conversation here. They said, why sit we here until we die? In other words, they've been sitting there for quite a while. I don't know how long, but they said, why somebody got this revelation? Why are we just going to sit here until death occurs? Verse four says, if we say we will enter into the city, the fam- uh, then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. There's nothing to eat. We're going to die of starvation. And if we sit here, rather than if we sit still here, we die also. Now, therefore, come and let us fall upon fall unto the hosts of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, I love this last phrase there, we shall but die. In other words, what have we got to lose? What have we got to lose? In verse 5, it says, And they rose up in the twilight and go unto, and go unto the camp of the Syrians. And, and when they were come um, to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. God had called, God had gone before them and caused the Syrian army to hear a sound. Hear them, hear a sound. And they all ran off. And they found all kind of food there and money and riches and all that kind of stuff. All that was waiting on them. What God was, God was wanting to deliver. He wanted to deliver them. He just wanted somebody to bust a move. He needed somebody to make up their mind. To make a decision. Why am I sitting here and dying? Why am I just sitting here? God was waiting on somebody to go out and do something. Remember Psalm number one says, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Waiting on. Deliverance is there, but it's waiting on you. Some have said that the sound that the Syrian army heard in the twilight was the uh, footprint uh, or the, the footsteps of the four lepers men. How God multiplied the sound, multiplied the sound of those four, that it sounded like an army when it got to the ears of the Syrians. So as those four lepers men decided to get up, God multiplied their sound, multiplied their sound. And then when it got to the enemy, oh, there's another army coming to kill us. Let's go. But God needed somebody to just get up and go. How long are we going to sit here? How long are we going to sit here looking at the same old problems, the same old frustrations, the same old aggravations, the same old dissatisfaction? How long? It's time to bust a move. It's time to make up our mind and get it done. Listen, usually we decide to move when the pain of staying where you are becomes greater than the pain of disappointment if something else doesn't happen. Does that make sense? When you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you make a decision to move. You're going to have to be aggressive now. The harvest is waiting for you, but you got to go out and get it. Amen? 
There's no point in waiting on somebody to knock on your door with a spoon and going to spoon feed you. You got to get it. The harvest is there, but you got to get it. Hallelujah. I'm studying what the Lord said. I know it. I know it. So the question will be again today is why sit there? Why, why sit where you are just waiting on conditions to change before you do something? Well, when I get this bill paid off, well, when I finish school, well, when my children grow up, well, this and well, that why just sit there and wait on things to change? You got to move. Why sit here and wait? Why sit there and wait for someone else to come and do something that you should have done for yourself already? Why are you waiting on Superman? He's going to come and save me. As you said before, you're the Superman. You're the Superwoman. You got to get up and do it. Amen? Amen. He'll bless the works of your hands. Look at your hands. Look at your hands. God said he will bless the works of your hands. But you got to put your hands to do something. Amen? Amen. The one problem is, I mean, one big, a, a real, a true tattletale is when you see farmers with clean hands. If a farmer has clean hands all the time, it is doubtless he's going to get a crop in. How clean are your hands? Hallelujah. Let's look at another one here. Let's go to 1 Kings now, 1 Kings, 1 Kings 18. And we'll see the same sort of picture here developing in 1 Kings 18 chapter. I'm just reading one verse here, 1 Kings 18 verse 21. As Elijah here is talking to the people of God, and uh, this is what is said here. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the, and the people answered him, Not a word. In other words, they just, they just looked with that glazed overlook, right? They just, they just looked. Now, uh, I like the way the New Living Translation translates this way, or rather, let me back up. The word, it says, how long will you be halt between two opinions? The word halt there means to be limp. Now, understand something. Before God sent Elijah with this question, the people of God were in this condition, They were limp. This was their life. Halt between two opinions. Shall I serve God or shall I serve the devil? Shall I do what God wants me to do or do I try to gratify myself? They were vacillating back and forth, back and forth. And so the Bible uses that word. God used that word halt, meaning limp, meaning this was the condition or the state of their life. Limping through life. Not settled with anything just always limping through. Listen to how the New Living Translation says it. It says, how long, or rather, how much longer will you waver hobbling between two opinions? How long? I love the way the the, uh, English Standard Version says it. How long will you go on limping between two different opinions? In the Net Bible, 
really clinches it for me. It says, how long are you going to be paralyzed by indecision? How long? How long? Now, here's the caution here. Again, this was not merely just just happening that day, but this was the condition of their lives. This was the condition of their finances. Because if you don't have a made-up mind whether you're going to serve God or not, this your finances limping, hobbling, marriages limping, hobbling, relationships, your career limping, hobbling, your health limping, hobbling, your entire life, and of course, your spiritual walk with God limping and hobbling because we have not made a decision. So Elijah tells them, what are you going to do? How long are you going to be like this? These were, in fact, the people of God. Hallelujah. These were God's own chosen people. We would say here with the, this was the church. Those who knew the word of God, those who knew God, but yet and still, I can't decide whether I'm going to serve God or not. If I were to ask the question, how many of you would agree to serve the Lord? I'm sure we see hands go up all over the place. But how many are going to actually do it and continue to do it? That's another question altogether. Surely this is not a pattern in the word of God. Surely this is not a pattern. Surely these two things are isolated incidents because the people of God know how to serve the Lord. They know how to make up their mind. Oh, really? Let me show you something in Psalm 119. Or rather, um, Psalm 92. Let me show you something in Psalm 92, verses 13, 14, and 15. Look at this. This is so interesting. Ray, this is so interesting. This is so interesting. Psalm 92, verses 13 through 13, 14, 15. This is how it reads. Those that be what? Planted in the house of the Lord shall what? Flourish in the courts of our God. What a statement. Verse 13 again. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit when? In old age. Isn't that awesome? They shall be fat and flourishing. Fat there meaning, of course, prosperous, not overweight. Praise the Lord. Help us. They shall be fat and flourishing or prosperous and flourishing uh, to show that the Lord is upright. In other words, God's going to use you as a display case of his goodness. The work that he will do in you will be displaced. You'll be a, a display case showing the world that God is good. He said, to show that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Question is, are you, are you planted in the house of the Lord, or are you a visitor? Hallelujah. Are you planted, firmly planted in the house of the Lord, or do you dig yourself up every week? See, that's the question, isn't it? We've got to be committed. We've got to be resolute. We've got to we've got to make a decision that even when it gets hard and it will get hard, but you won't remove yourself from being in the Lord's presence. You won't dig yourself up and take yourself away. I don't know anybody who has planted something like any type of plant who puts a seed on the ground today and then tomorrow digs it up. And then puts it in the ground the next day, and then tomorrow digs it up. Who puts a seed in the ground that next day, and then dig it up. And then expect 
I'm going to have some fruit one day. But isn't that what we do? Many have said, well, you know what? I'm going to tithe. I'm going to start giving. And they start. They put it in the ground. But then when things get hard, they dig it up, take their seed away. And then they say, I tithe. I've given and tithe. I've given an offering. Why hasn't God blessed me? Leave it planted in the ground. Stay consistent. Stay faithful. Hallelujah. I don't know of any good employee who would go to their boss and ask for a raise and, you know, say, well, I have been to work on time before, boss. I have done it. I've done my job sometime, boss. Surely you're going to give me a raise. I've been a good. Hey, I remember when I was on time. That should tell you something is very wrong. They want consistency. Consistency. If we're going to start a business, let's say we're going to start our own um, Domino's or pizza, what have you. We're going to start our own pizza place. And you say, well, I'm going to flip those pizzas. I like flipping the dough and all that. I'm going to put it on my foot and all that stuff. I know. Please don't well, at least put a, some sort of plastic thing on your foot. You're going to do that. But praise the Lord. I'm going to do that. I'll be faithful to do that. I'll be faithful Let's say, uh, let's say maybe Hannah will do the fries. We got fries too in our pizza place. And uh, let, let's say that Erica would put, make sure the pepperonis get on there. And uh, someone else, Rosie's going to make sure that we get the onions and the peppers and do all that. Let's say Jill's going to work the uh, cash register. She'll get the money in for us. Praise the Lord. And, and Todd will be driving. Praise the Lord. Uh, our driving orders all over town. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So what happens? What if someone doesn't want to do it anymore? What if Todd says, I don't feel like driving? There goes our, 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 our um, delivery service. What if, who's flipping the pizza again? I forgot who's flipping pizza. <laughs> Me flipping pizza? Yes. What if I decide I don't want to do that anymore? Right? The business begins to fail. Or what do we say? We'll all do it on Monday, but then we can't depend on you on Tuesday on Tuesday. But, hey, we're going to do it Thursday, but we can't. The business can't thrive like that. Can't make it. Or maybe we say our hours are Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, but we get there at 1 o'clock, sometime at 12, sometime at 1030, sometime at 2. Can our customers expect to? Expect good service when they come there. You're not there. It was closed. How long are they going to keep coming back? Even though your pizza is good. But we have to be consistent. Amen. I don't know any wife who would love your husband to say, I've been faithful to you sometime. I know it over the years. I don't know of any husband that would love to his wife say that. On Mondays and Thursdays, I'll be faithful to you, okay? Hey, it's Monday and Thursday, <laughs> you know. No, you want something consistent. Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all are with me, aren't you? Amen. So we got to have a well-made-up mind. Let's look at a couple more, then we'll close out for the day. Let's go to the book of Joshua. Oh, I love this. Joshua. Joshua, the 24th chapter. Verses number 14 and 15, we'll look at this out of the King James Version as well. Are y'all getting anything out of this today? Is a picture developing? 
Hallelujah. I got a thumbs up from King Charles back there, so I know it's working. Joshua 24, verses 14 through 15 says this. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood. That's in Egypt, right? And he tells you, in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. Right, right. Verse 15, he says, and if, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. If you don't think it's right, then stop doing it. Find somewhere else to be committed and faithful. That's what he's saying. He said, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of, of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will what? Serve the Lord. That's somebody that's made up their mind. He's, they've made up their, their mind. He's made up their mind. Or they've made up their mind. And so what well, Joshua did, but the rest did not. He said, y'all make up your mind what you're going to do. You're going to serve God or not? This is not an isolated thing. This is still a relevant message for 2017. Are you going to serve God or not? We don't get brownie points from from God by doing stuff halfway or half-hearted. Matter of fact, he hates that. Let me show it to you. Let's go to Psalm 119. Somebody did not believe me, Brother Richard. Somebody did not believe me that God hates that. Uh, Let me show you. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 13. Look at this out of the New Living Translation, NLT. This is what it says. I hate those with divided loyalties. I hate those with divided loyalties, but I love your instructions. This is what's what's in the Bible. Divided loyalties. How can we depend on you? How many of you would like to, let's say you got a good job now and you're doing well, but, you know, for some reason you don't have a car, you can't get there to work, but somebody says, hey, you know what? I'm going to be there. I'll pick you up. Don't worry about it. But, you know, you can't depend on them. They may show up or they may not show up. Right? Does that make you feel good about the relationship? You want someone consistent, someone that's going to be there. Right? Or how would you like working on a job? Work on the job all week, put in your time. And the boss tells you, you may get paid this week, or you may not get paid this week. You want payroll to be uh, committed. You want them to be faithful. I do the work, I expect to get paid. So how in the world do we expect God to, once again, we do nothing or do very little, but expect God to pour out a whole bunch. We got to be faithful. We got to have a made up mind. Please let me tell you, tell your neighbor, please make up your mind. Please make up your mind. If it's evil to you, that is, if it's not right for you to serve God, well then find someone else, somewhere else to serve. Be faithful over there. If it seems evil, it's not right for you to serve in Kingdom Rock, well, then find another church where you can serve and plug in and do what God's called you to do. Hallelujah. 
right? Surely these are isolated incidences. Uh, Surely. Surely we won't find any evidence of that in the New Testament. Surely we won't. Surely, Cynthia, surely we won't find evidence of that in the New Testament. Let's find out. Let's go to the book of James. Let's go to James, James, the first chapter. Let's read just three verses here. As you see further in this chapter, we're not going to read it, or in the chapter before it, God calls them adulterers, ye adulterers and adulteresses. You're slipping out on me. Haven't made up your mind. But James 1, verses 5 through 8, this is how it reads out of the King James Version. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth to all, which giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. Verse number six, but let him ask in faith. What's the next phrase there? Nothing wavering. For he that what? Wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. As a result of that, verse seven is terrifying. Verse seven says what? For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. That's terrifying. The man that goes back and forth, back and forth, wavering God said, don't even think you're going to get anything from me. That's a terrifying verse. Verse 8 says what? A double-minded man is what? Unstable in all his ways. In other words, you got to make up your mind. You got to make up your mind. That really, when it gets hard, when it gets rough, regardless, you're going to stay your course. You're going to stay your course. When people are applauding for you, great job, great job. And when people ignore you, they don't even notice what you do. You got to stay your course. Stay your course. When everybody says great job, they give you thumbs up. And when some talk about you, you still got to stay your course. Stay your course. You still got to hold your ground and do what God called you to do. You got to make up your mind. Are we going to serve the Lord or not? Is God telling the truth or is he lying? We got to make up our mind. Hallelujah. And should the Lord Jesus tarry? Should he tarry and we go into the grave and we stand before the Father we're going to all have to give an account to what we've done. Let's look at one more. Surely Jesus himself did not speak of this same subject. Surely he didn't, Gene. But you'd be wrong if you thought that. Matthew 6. Let's look at it this way. Are you ready? Matthew 6. One verse. Matthew 6, 24 says this. No man can serve what? Two masters. For either he will what? Hate the one and what? Love the other or what? Or else he will what? Hold to the one and what? Despise the other. And here's this great statement. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. You can't be divided. Pick one. You're going to serve God or you're going to serve mammon, the God of this world, money. Which one are you going to serve? God says, pick one. Pick one. But make a decision. 
Make a decision. Now, the question is, what is most important to you? Make it a priority and do it first. Do it now and keep on doing it. What's a priority to you? What is important to you? If you only had six months to live, you make a list. What were you going to do in that list? What were you going to do in that six-month period of time? Then what if I told you you only had six days to live? You start scratching stuff off your list. Can't have time to do this. You had six hours to live. Then you're coming back with what is real important. Jimmy, with what's really important. Make that a priority. Make it a priority. Do it first. Do it first. Do it now. And keep on doing it. Are you hearing? We're closing. I want to give you maybe six or seven challenges, and then we'll close out for today. Hmm. Add works with your faith. You say you believe God? Well, then where are your works as it corresponds to it? I know God's going to take care of me financially. Where are your works? Where's the seed you have sown? Where is it? Remember, faith without works is dead. Are you presenting God with zombie faith? Dead faith is not alive. Are we presenting God with dead sacrifices? Faith without works is dead. If you're saying you believe in God for something, there's got to be some corresponding works. Hallelujah. Secondly, you've got to prioritize, like we said, prioritize the most important things in your life. Write it down. Schedule it. Schedule them. And then get it done. Write it down. Schedule it. And then get it done. And please don't make the excuse I don't have time to, I don't have time for this. And I don't have time for that. Has anybody ever said that before? I don't have time for that. If someone were to come in here and say, and um, let's say if I told you, well, I need you to go home and um, want you to clean the, the blades of your ceiling fan. You say, well, I don't have time for that. I got other important things to do. I don't have time for it. What if I told you I'll give you a million dollars per blade? <laughs> now it's a priority. You say, I got to go here. I got to go there. I got to go here. You would cancel all those other appointments, and then you would find some time. You would make the time. So don't tell me, I don't have time to study the word. I don't have time to pray. What you're saying is that it's not a priority to you. You're valuing something more than that. That's what you're saying. When you say, I don't have time for God, you're saying you got time for something else. I don't have money to give God, but you got money to give to something else. We better keep our eyes straight ahead, right? Hallelujah. So again... I want to challenge you to stop, don't, (laughs) to stop making excuses this year. Stop making excuses. What I say to you, I say to myself. So stop making excuses. It's time to get it done. Amen? Amen. We got to make a decision every day to do something toward our goals. 
I challenge you to make a goal. Write down your visions. Write down the things you believe in God for. Write them down. That is so challenging to write it down. Write down. Pastor Miko has given us some wonderful uh, goal um, setting sheets for the year. Use those. Write it down. What things you plan to do this year? What things you plan to do this year uh, to increase yourself spiritually and mentally and emotionally? What new, experiences, what new experiences will you have this year? Write these things down. What do you plan to go? Write them down. Listen, if you tell me that you're going to, and we're closing, I promise. If you tell me that you're going to go on a trip, you say, this year I'm going on a trip, but you never decide where you're going. Chances are you're not going to go anywhere. And if you never decide when you're going, Chances are you're not going to go anywhere. If you don't save up any money for gas and food when you're going, chances are you're not going anywhere. So just making these large statements, I'm going to go on a journey. You're not going to go anywhere. (laughs) When you're going, I'll go sometime this year. You're not going. If you don't schedule it, you're not going to do it. If you don't prepare for it, you're not going to do it. So I tell you, write it down. I challenge you to write your goals down. That's why it's a good thing that we're reading through the Bible as a church this year. Write it down. Write it down. Get the list from your um, pamphlets, the bulletins, and you keep up with that every day. And you stay faithful to it. By the end of the year, we would have, um, you've read through the entire Bible read through or listen to you have bible apps that you can listen read there read it to you there's really no excuse is there all right so once again i want to challenge you uh to walk with god to make your walk with god a priority this year challenge you to pray make it a priority to pray make it a priority to study the word of god make it a priority to give why y'all looking down? Make it a priority to give. To give. How do you receive? When you give. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. Luke 638, right? Give and men will give into your bosom. Give and men will give into your bosom. Not beg. Let's go on. Make prayer a priority. Make study a priority. Give. Attend, church, attend services regularly. Get involved. Get involved. Exercise your spirit man in doing what God has called you to do. Hallelujah. And exercise this body. I heard this Maddie say earlier, I go walking. Let's all go walking. And not just walk to the refrigerator to get something to eat. Let's do some sort of exercise. If the Lord Jesus tarries, you're going you're gonna to be in that body for a while. There's something that you can do, some form of exercise that will keep this body up, keep it running, keep it operating as it should be. Now stop making excuses. We got to make up our minds. And a made-up mind is a gift from God. What do you want to do? Let's get our mind made up about it. And let's get in there and let's get it done. Hallelujah. I love you.
Well, thank you so much. We got to get in there and get it done. Church neighbor and tell them, we got to get in there and get it done. Amen. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. We're done for the day in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.